remember trying to talk to you in high school Couldn't even get a look cause you were too cool But now we're older and we're playing by the new rules We lived and learned Cause it's time Hello again everybody and welcome back to Random Discard I am Plues, one of your faithful hosts And joining me as always is Rich Rich, how are you tonight? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you and yourself? Uh, you know, I'm a little stressed because it's finals week. Not as stressed as my students, I freely admit that. You know, a, a big shout out to anybody taking exams this time of year. Good luck, you'll get through this. Just get get some sleep. Seriously, I, I, I mean it. I mean, I'm looking at you right now. Okay, I'm not. That would be creepy, but uh, seriously, I think you probably need more sleep. But my, for me, the worst part is just when I had two exams in one day. That was awful. Yeah, yeah that can be real rough. Real rough. I mean, it's doable. It's just tough. Yeah, on the on the flip side, and you know, I'm not. Again, I I am not trying to uh, belittle any students' trials and tribulations. I was a student once too. I understand it's for rough. a long time. Yeah, for a, for a god awful. But the other side of the coin is not all sunshine and roses. I'll tell you that because uh, during during uh, this time of year, you've got all kinds of pressures coming at you. You've, you've got to get the exams ready, you've got to give the exams, you've got to get them graded, you've got to get the grades back. Then you have to deal with the inevitable backlash of, uh, why is my grade so bad? Can't my grade be better? No, seriously, I really need my grade to be better because my grandmother flew in from Florida and I need to graduate this weekend, so can't we just bump that up some? You know, those sorts of things. So Then be better. Yeah, I usually tell my students, well, no, I usually don't. I usually think that I want to tell my students the following, because they usually ask the question, is there anything I can do to make my grade better? And I always want to tell them, okay, step one, invent a time machine. Step two, use the time machine to go back in time and tell yourself to study more and do better on the previous exams, because at this point, there's only so much we can salvage from the burning wreckage that is your current average. So, yeah. Well, to, to, I mean, I guess I'm going to be a little mean to the, the students, if intro to astronomy is what's keeping you from graduating, you should really reevaluate your life. Yeah, that's the other one that I get. And you know, I'm 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 going to I'm going to say I I don't think my class is very hard, but I'm in a I'm a professional astronomer, so of course I don't think it's hard, but at the same time, a lot of my student population are not science majors. They're they're not very comfortable with math, so I, I can see how it is a challenging subject, and we cover a lot of material, and sure, I'm there with you, but what I hate is the email that says, oh, but if I get a C in your class, uh, I'm not going to graduate because my GPA will be too low. Well, no, 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 you're thinking about this all wrong there, sport. The C in my class, plus every single other grade in every other class you've had while you've been in college is what has made your average that low. So don't go it's, laying it on my shoulders. Yeah, your attitude towards your education is what put you in this position. Yeah, but I do not tell them that because I like to be nice to my students, and I am sympathetic, but again, there's only so much I can do. I have to be fair to everyone else in the class. I have to treat you exactly the same way I would treat anyone else. So, yeah, your grade's not budging. Sorry. It sounds like America. Yeah, we uh, we strive for fairness. Or at least I strive for fairness, let's say. But anyway, that's, that's my time of year. Uh, but, you know... Uh, it'll be over soon. This is finals week for, uh, for my, my university. So it will be a little better next week. Although then I'll be fielding all of the emails from the students who didn't like their grades. I haven't turned in grades yet. 
I had my last final today. I will say, God bless the professors that only gave you a paper. Yeah, yeah, or the the take-home final folks. Yeah, those are always nice. That's not how I roll, though. Not at all. Not a lot of people did, but uh, we I had a decent number of professors that did that, and they they were like heroes. Yeah. And it's not because I can't take a test, because I can take a test. I'm, gonna, I'm a I'm gonna sound real braggy, but I am a fairly intelligent human being. But it's just like the the I mean, it's, the finals are so much more stressful because you have so much more going on. Yeah, and you've got them all going on kind of at once. You know, at least with midterms, they're usually staggered a little bit. But with finals, I, it's like, hey, you know, all your classes. What if we had exams in all of them, like now? How about that? You no, know, is your exam cumulative? Uh, this semester, none of my exams were cumulative. I've, I've done it both ways in the past. And, uh, this, this semester, I, I kind of tried something, uh, different in a couple of my classes. So rather than having, you know, a lot of times you have like one or two midterms and then a final. The way I did it is I had a total of five exams throughout the semester. So it was about one every two to three weeks, but none of them were cumulative. And the final did not count for any extra compared to the other exams, so they're all weighted equally. I would a hundred percent rather have that because I don't know I didn't mind cumulative finals; I could handle them. But yeah. when they when they weren't, they were that was beautiful. And um, being in a business college, that was a habit. A lot, a lot of professors did not give us cumulatives. Yeah, yeah. Except one professor, one of my favorites. He just gave um, it was like an one S, pretty much like an essay question that we had to write during class, mm-hmm. and it was. Not bad. Not difficult. Yeah, I will say that my exams are a little bit cumulative in that everything that we do late in the semester builds on stuff from earlier in the semester, but it's not like I'm aiming for material in the semester. So, you know, it's, 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 it's the way of science. I have a, I have a funny exam story that maybe, maybe I'll share later. Uh, no, no, we're going to do it right now. You know what? This is our show. We can do whatever we want. We're talking about it. Might as well just do it right here, right now. By by the way, college was not the topic of tonight's show. We swear we'll get to the topic. Absolutely. Absolutely soon. Maybe we'll do that another show. Yeah, maybe. It depends on how long these stories take. So uh, when my wife was in undergraduate, she was a double major in chemistry and economics. And she had an econ class where the professor on day one uh, gave them a lecture about opportunity cost and explained that coming to his class had an opportunity cost associated with it. And if you chose that that was too high of a price to pay, that's fine. You don't have to be here. These are the dates of the exams. You have to be here for those. That's it. Except the final. If your grade was high enough going into the final, if you crossed a certain threshold, he said, you don't have to take the final at all. You'll just keep whatever grade you've got. And that's just fine. And so... uh he gets to, I think it was the first midterm, and uh, they get the results back, and uh, he, he says, okay, uh, I have your results from midterm, I, I don't really know what to make of this, but the two highest grades are the guy who never comes to class, and the girl who comes to class every day, sits in the front row, and falls asleep, which was, in fact, my wife. And he, he actually asked her, point blank, why do you come to my class? You, you just sleep every day. You do fine on the exams. You don't really need to be here. And she said, well, my dorm's on the other side of campus, and I have a class just before yours and a class just after yours. And so it's pointless for me to go back to my room. So I just come here instead. So there you go. That's my exam story. I like, I like that. Or at least that's I mean, one of many exam stories I have. My thing is, if anyone learns anything from college, it is opportunity cost. There's no such thing as a free lunch. There is no such thing as a free lunch. And, you know, I'll, I'll also say this about college. I, I have some kind of 
I'm not going to call them crazy, but some somewhat weird beliefs in college. Uh, to a certain extent, I kind of don't care what you major in as long as you go through college because it proves something about you. It proves that you can handle it 100% does. working on your own without someone looking over your shoulder under a lot of different pressures and stresses. And so when you get out into the business world trying to get a job, you've got that degree in whatever it is. And I go, well, at least you made it through college. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it is it proves that you're willing to finish something, you're trainable, and you you had a drive, you have a drive. Yeah. That's the call. That's what a lot of college tells me. You know, I've also found that uh, college seems to be the hardest, in my opinion, not for the people who are like super, super, super smart and never have to study even in college, and not for the people who had to study really, really hard in high school. College is really hard for those folks who didn't have to study in high school because it wasn't a challenge, but then they get to college and it now is a challenge and they that, don't that, actually know how to study. That was me. Yeah. I think we all went through that. You know, freshman I felt, year. I, I felt high school hundred percent failed me. Yeah. Freshman year is a big rude awakening for a lot of folks. It was for me. I remember I took my first college exam. Yeah. Didn't study a lick. I went to every class and I was doing well in class. Why did I need to study? Exactly. You were I never class. studied. I never studied in high school. Nope. Yeah. I was mistaken. Sir. I was going to say, how'd that go for you? I didn't get like a terrible grade. I got like a C minus, which for me is awful. Right. But in the grand scheme of things, it's not the worst. Yeah. The other problem I've run into this semester is uh, students have a poor grasp of what it really means for a, a class to have a curve. And by that, I mean, they really want me to take whatever their score is and force it up to like the 85 or the 90% or whatever it's supposed to be, rather than just telling them, look, this percentage equals this grade, you know, stop panicking just because it looks like you have a 79%. That's fine. It is not nearly as bad as you think it is. Uh, I, I think a 79% is a B right now in my class. So, you know, really just relax. It's going to be fine. Uh, but anyway. So, hey, I could actually spend hours talking about uh, college and college stories and exam stories. I'll, I'll, one more. And then I swear to, I swear to God, we're going to get to an actual topic tonight. Did you know that our show is called Random Discard? Um, random I, is totally on purpose. <laughs> it's, it's in there for a reason, folks. Um, I had a student, uh, come, come to a final once. It was, uh, it was an hour and 10 minute class. I want to say it might've been an hour and 15 minute class. I forget exactly how they were set up that semester, but I had a student come running into my final exam at like 15 minutes to go in the class, like completely out of breath, come stumbling in the door. And he's like, Oh my God, my alarm didn't go off. I overslept. By the way, this was like at one o'clock in the afternoon. My alarm didn't go off. I overslept. What do I do? And I just looked at him and I handed him the exam and I said, well, you've got 15 minutes. And there was this brief moment, this look that passed over his face, like what I just said out loud couldn't possibly be happening. And then he grasped it and he went and he sat down and he took the exam. And the reason I'm telling you this story, dear listeners, is he did not get the worst grade on that exam. So the lesson is never give up, never surrender. And so. your teachers don't just feel bad for you and like, oh, don't worry. It's okay. No. You're an adult. Uh, well, mistakes have consequences is another important lesson to learn from college. But uh, yeah, I I wasn't gonna wasn't quite gonna go there yet. But uh, hey, you you wanna you wanna talk about a thing? You wanna talk about a topic? I don't know. Because we totally have an actual topic tonight. Uh so uh, uh, just what two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, like a week ago, uh, Watsi announced some changes 
to uh, the Platinum Players Club for the Magic Pro Tour. Now, these changes were announced uh, somewhat abruptly. They were announced at Pro Tour Shadows over Innistrad uh, to not a lot of fanfare. It was just, you know, hey, here are some organized play changes. Let's talk about them. And among other things was uh, no more modern Pro Tours, which at some point we're going to have to talk about that. But that's not what we want to talk about tonight. Although Rich might want to talk about that now. But no, 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 that's not what we're talking no, about. No, I, I don't. Not right now. Uh, although, <laughs> I put that in your back pocket. Um, instead, they were making some changes to uh, the the benefits to platinum players and one of the big benefits changes was uh they were shifting appearance fees so prior to that moment prior to that announcement once you made platinum for a season which was not an easy feat by any stretch of the imagination but once you'd made platinum by accruing enough pro points then the next season you would get an appearance fee just for going to tournaments so whether you placed or not, uh, whether you won or not, that's fine. As long as you went and you played in a minimum number of rounds before dropping, and I don't know what that minimum number was. It might have been all of day one. I, I honestly don't know, because I'm, I'm not that good, so I'm not in the Platinum Players Club. Uh, you would get a, uh, a fee if you went to a GP or if you went to a Pro Tour. And they were scaling those those fees back. And, you know, I can understand that. It's it's an expensive proposition. Uh, that money is most likely coming out of Magic's marketing budget. Because let's be honest, the, the reason that they want to have pro players at tournaments like that is because it does draw people in, right? Mm -hmm. And when you can turn on the coverage and you see players that you know... At least the story goes, and this could be a debate for another time as well, the story goes that uh, that pulls you in, that sucks you in, and you're more likely to be involved, you're more likely to want to go to a tournament because you know you might end up at a table playing against a pro. You know, it could happen. Any given round, bam, you're against LSV. That could happen. Who knows? Uh, but they were scaling that money back. That is 100% their right to do. I just want to get that out up front. Because, I mean, if you look at the, the Pro Player Club benefits, it clearly says, at least as far as I know, that WotC can change the benefits at any time, they can terminate the program at any time, they can kick you out at any time, so legally, completely 100% fine. Now, here's where they made a little misstep. It wasn't that they were announcing changes for uh, the season that people hadn't even started qualifying for. We were most of the way through a qualifying season, so there were people who had been grinding their pro points for months, and they were making these changes for the very next pro tour season. So for the very next, like the one that people were partially qualified for right now, they were just yanking the rug out. People had flown to tournaments on the other side of the damn world just to grind out points, and Watsi was scaling it back. And I don't mean a little bit scaling it back. I mean, the, the Pro Tour appearance fee, I believe, was $3,000. They were scaling it back to $250. So it's not like it's a tiny amount of money. It's a big chunk of money. And it was happening essentially overnight, no discussion, no warning, here you go. This caused some discomfort in the community and folks i believe rightfully so rallied behind the pros people who weren't even pros themselves began to complain that hey that's not cool like these people 
were working under a belief that grinding would get them to that level for next season. They made choices about what tournaments to go to, what tournaments not to go to, to try and get those pro points. And you're just going to pull out their benefits without any warning. You should really at least honor them for next season. So that was a huge outcry. And I agree 100% with that outcry. I think it was really, really a terrible move on Watsy's part to do that. Now, you fast forward about 24 to 48 hours, and Watsy did recant. They, they went back on it, and they said, okay, we've heard you. We're going to reinstate the benefits as advertised for the next pro season. We're going to reevaluate the program. We'll get back to you on the changes that are going to be in place. So Watsy relented to fan pressure. And believe it or not, that's what we want to talk about tonight, is relenting to fan pressure. So in this case, uh, you know, Watsy made a change. We all cried shenanigans. Watsy took the change back. Rich, what are your thoughts about this? It's, it's, this makes it a little murky because they made a bad decision. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I don't like, I don't think the, a company or whatever, should have to bend their wills to their community, their player base, their whatever. Right. I, I think, one, I think it sets a, a terrible precedent of the, of the community thinking, oh, we can plan it out, they'll always listen. And there's some stuff that we shouldn't listen to the community on. There's some stuff they know better on. Okay, but so... But, like, this one is hard because how wrong they were. Right. I, I think they really stepped in it this time. I mean, it's not like... I, I don't I don't know of anybody who was saying, uh, no, 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 this is a great change. I'm so happy for this. I mean, there were aspects, there are a lot more subtleties to the changes that they made than Rich and I have gotten to here. Uh, but at least this portion of it, the portion we're talking about right now, I, I think this was a terrible mistake. It was legally fine. People have described it as morally uh, wrong. I don't know if it's morally wrong. It's just, it's just kind of a jerk move. What worries me, because I, I always hear that, you know, magic, every magic set's doing better than the last. Sure. What does it say that, how well Watsy's doing somewhere along the line? Is it that too many people are getting platinum? What's causing this change for them? That's what one thing that, um, I think about. Yeah. To me, it kind of makes it sound like maybe Watsy's not doing as well as we want. Maybe Hasbro wants more contribution from them. I, I don't know. Well, my understanding is that Watsy is consistently a net positive for Hasbro, whereas lots of other lines within Hasbro aren't necessarily. So, which means they might be asking more of Watsy to contribute to the. Co- now, this is this is possible. Um, we are not privy to the inside money goings ons at Watsy. Um, I, I do know that it, it may be that what we're seeing is money getting shifted around inside of Watsy, even if it's not Hasbro's fault. Let's, let's not necessarily blame Hasbro, although it's a oh, very convenient. I'm not, I, it, was, it was just a thought of like, there's something going on that's making this change. <clears throat> so I, I think what we're really seeing is a scaling back in uh, Watsy's marketing budget. Uh, that's, that's why I think coverage has been scaled back in recent years. You know, it used to be that they had multiple coverage teams going on simultaneously, and there was coverage, video coverage of essentially every GP, and that's not really happening anymore. It could be that Watsi is a victim of Magic's success. In other words, for several years now, uh, they've been in this mode where it's super, super important to be constantly growing the fan base. You know, we want to 
pump as much money into trying to get people into magic as possible, and they may have realized that, okay, we've gone through quite a few years now of focusing on acquisition, and that was great and all, but it looks like we're acquiring people at a rate that's just fine without spending that money, so why don't we scale back on some of that, and it'll continue to grow on its own. I don't know, uh, but... That's not what we're here to talk about. That's not what we're here to talk about, although that would be a great topic. We could spend a whole show talking about that, too. No, we want to talk about fan pressure, and is it okay for a company to give in to fan pressure? Now, I'm going to not necessarily play devil's advocate, but I'm going to start to argue the, the other side for a moment. So, Rich, obviously from your opening salvo here, you are overall not in favor of companies uh, listening to, for lack of a better term, the mob. No, I, I don't want to say listening to because that's not accurate. It's just go, going back on what you say or doing something different just because of outcry. Okay, so giving in to outcry is what you're worried about. They, they yes, because there's listening and then there's doing exactly what the community says because they're complaining. Right. Okay. So uh, you're going to suggest that they shouldn't pan. They should listen to the community, but they don't have to pander to. It. Yes. Is that fair? Yeah, I would say that's fair. Okay. Um, on the other hand. Uh, and I'm not necessarily suggesting that they pander to the whims of the community at all times either, which you, you kind of can't because uh, whenever you make any change whatsoever, uh, there will always be someone who hates it and someone who loves it. And if you then flip to the other one, you'll get someone who hates it and then someone who loves it. Um, um, yeah, no, I, I was going to make an analogy from an, a Simpsons episode, but I'm not going to because n never mind. Uh, but... They are a business, right? And a business has customers. And if you don't listen to your customers, your business has problems. So the question is, where's the line? How much do you listen? How much do you give in? Uh, now, in this case, I think, Rich, you and I are both on the same page. They made the right decision by changing their minds, but it does set a frightening precedent. It does. I mean, because now let's say... I'm sorry. Next, let's say um, they make a choice of a new a new format, or you know they're they're taking that's the example. They're taking away modern Pro Tours. Let's use this as a jumping point. Sure. What if a lot of people like them and they sit there? No, you can't take those away from us. We love those. No, don't do this. No, don't do this. But Wasi has a good reason of it doesn't make them enough money. They don't see the interest of keeping that format in Pro Tours because they don't get viewership. But, you know, the, and the people that are outcrying are always the people who forget to watch or watch a YouTube video later. They don't watch it live when Watsi needs them to. Those are the people who, you know, they're just loud. And they're going to Watsi hears with the loud people. Then they do something that's suboptimal for them. Which, hey, I'm going to I'm going to draw some uh, causal connections here in a minute that are a little bit dubious. I just want to be clear up front so the listeners at home don't take me to too much too much to task for what I'm about to do. Uh, what was it about a year, year and a half ago? Maybe I, I can't remember exactly when it was, but Watsi tried to make the announcement. Hey, we're not going to have modern pro tours. Pro tours are all going to be standard. And you know what? The community rose up and said, no, that's terrible. We want our modern pro tours. Bring back our modern pro tours. Seriously. We love our modern pro tours. And Watsi went, okay. All right. Uh, here's the new lineup. And there are some modern pro tours. So they listened to us. They totally listened to us, and they gave us back our modern Pro Tours. And then what happened? Modern became... And again, I'm drawing dubious connections here. Modern became somewhat stagnant, and so in order to force innovation in modern, a bunch of bannings happened. 
that kind of warped modern into a place that it didn't really like, and modern became, for lack of a better word, boring. And everyone's like, yeah, modern pro tours might not be the greatest idea ever. Uh, so then Watsi said, well, we tried to take him away. Now we're taking him away. And everybody's like, yeah, okay, that's fine. If we had let them, what, what I'm trying to point out here is if, if we had let them take away modern pro tours like a year ago when they tried to, modern might not be in the state that it's in right now. And I'm not necessarily saying that modern's bad. Please don't write me about that. Okay. I'm just saying that there have been some changes to modern lately, uh, to the, to the band list in modern that have, kind of altered the face of the metagame. I, I mean, of course, then there was the whole Eldrazi issue, which that's that's a completely different problem that could warrant its own show entirely. Uh, but my point is, listening to the community doesn't always have the best outcomes, right? There are always unforeseen consequences. And, and, Watsi might know things that you don't. For instance, what's coming up in the next set. They probably know that. I would imagine so. There's, they know a lot of things. They do, and they have uh, lots of people who study such things and keep track of numbers and look at attendance numbers and all kinds of stuff like that. In fact, uh, they have more of that information than we do, and sadly, they're not sharing it all. But, I mean, that's, you know, they're a private company, I understand. Um, although, is Watsi publicly traded? Well, Hasbro's publicly traded. Hasbro so. is. Watsi would be a subsidiary, which I don't think you can own shares in a subsidiary. Yeah, so th that's not really what I mean by private company folks. I'm just saying that, you know, they're a company, they don't have to tell us 100% of everything. That would be a really weird world that we lived in if that were true. So this is this is one example from Magic's history, but I want to look at a couple of other examples as we uh, continue to develop this idea and this topic. So let's, let's turn to the uh, Siege Rhino in the room. And let's look at Mass Effect 3. Now, Rich, I know you are a huge fan of the Mass Effect. Huge. Love those games. I played Mass Effect 1 all the way through, and I think I played most of Mass Effect 2, and then I got a PS4 and stopped playing Mass Effect. Uh, but I, I, played, I played the first two, and I really enjoyed them. They were good games. But I hear... There was a teensy-weensy controversy over the ending of Mass Effect 3. You want, you want to enlighten us on that? People hated it. Really? Huh. What, what, what'd they hate about it? Um, I'd, I don't like to do spoilers. Well, no, 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 just kind of conceptually. For me, why I hated it yeah. is I put um, a lot of hours and time into that game, and for an amazing trilogy, I got an ending that didn't make the series feel worth it. Okay, so uh, they they made an ending that was not great. I mean, if you think about it this way, I um, I played through one at least twice full playthroughs, two two full playthroughs, um, three no. Okay, so you did the one, you got to the end, and you're like, wow, that's well, because the way it works, you get to carry your character forward, right. and all that stuff. And I had no desire to play my second character again. Okay, wow. For a medium where the journey is literally the point of it, uh, to make it so that the ending is so bad that people don't even want to take the journey, seems pretty bad. It's not good. But Bioware listened, and they felt bad, or I don't know exactly what their motivation behind it was, but they changed the ending. They gave you a DLC ending. Yeah. Uh, did, did you did you look at the did you do the DLC ending? Have you I seen did. it? Okay. And was it, it was it better? If they would have, it would have been better if they would have put that in the original game. If I didn't have to go through both, 
like I didn't like that I had to go through both kind of thing. So let me ask this though: if the and and this is going to be kind of hard to do, but uh, imagine that you had never seen the original ending and had only ever seen the DLC ending. Do you think that would have been a satisfying conclusion for you? Yeah, it would have been be- would have been much better. But I mean, yes and no because it kind of based I me mean, used the fact that the original ended happened. Sure. So I mean, but if if they kept the same idea, yeah, it would have been just fine. Okay. So it's it's the ending. I'm not going to say the ending that you should have gotten in the first place, but certainly much better than what they had done previously. Yeah. Okay. Now Definitely. let me ask this, and this this may be a, a tough one, since once again I think this is an example where uh, a company has caved to community pressure, which is something that admittedly you're not in favor of. Nope, I'm not. I don't like that. I don't like. I don't like the idea that someone doesn't like an ending to a video game and they can whine. Granted, I understand it's a lot of people, but they can sit there and whine and then they get a new ending. One, it doesn't help the, the people already feel entitled enough in this world. Sure. That we don't need to add to that. So do you feel that, uh, what was it, Bioware? Who, yeah. Who did Mass Effect? Uh, do you think that Bioware compromised themselves as a content creator by doing little- what they did? Honestly, a little bit, because they they gave us the story they wanted. Right. And maybe it's, they that was what the story they wanted to tell, and I didn't like it because it didn't give me the warm fuzzies that I was looking for or hoping for or whatever. Sure. But that's their choice. They made that movie or game. They made that story. That was their story. Right. And whether I didn't like it or not, that's fine. I still appreciate the company for giving me what I got. And they the, the whole way through, I wanted their story. I didn't want them to do a feel-good just because they felt they needed to. Mm-hmm. Now, at the same time, it's been argued that Mass Effect is somewhat different from other video games in that they kind of sold to you all along that they weren't telling you a story. You were helping them build a story because your choices had consequences. Yes, I would agree with that partially because that is accurate. I mean, you you have so much control over the story. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's still the, I mean, they gave us the bones. They gave us all the pieces. We just put them in order in a way we wanted. Right. And the thing is, normally there's, you kind of choose your own ending in a couple games that keeps carrying forward, but this was it. This was the end. Mm -hmm. So you need to have, I mean, maybe they gave us more than one outcome from the get-go, like they kind of normally do. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the answer to fix it. I do kind of think that they, their compromise was, I don't know. I guess I felt like when I heard they remade it at first, I was like, oh, that's kind of nice. And then later I kind of felt, uh, I don't know, I just don't feel, I didn't feel right about it. Cause it's like they just, and maybe it's cause, it, um, that happened when I wasn't as, um, prominent in the internet, internet community. Like I didn't pay that close of attention to sure. Twitter and Reddit and all that stuff where I, as I do now. And there's so much whining and complaining out there that I just don't think they, just cause I'm loud doesn't mean you should, the only thing that should be heard and you should get your way. Okay, let me let me now take this uh, this idea that perhaps Bioware has uh, has compromised themselves, and I want to take it to kind of a, a weird and interesting place. Uh, Rich, are you a fan of Star Wars? Love Star Wars. Okay, you like the the original trilogy? Best movies ever made. Yeah, fantastic movies. Hey, you know how George Lucas keeps, uh, for want of a better term, screwing with the movie? He should stop forever. Yeah, how do you feel about that? Uh, I I hate every, most of the things he's done. Okay, but at the same time, is that not his right as the content creator to do that? 
Yes, like he there's like he made what the he told the story he wanted to tell for episodes one to three. Yeah, I'm not going to fault him for it. I didn't like them, and it's not all the story's problem. I mean, part of it is direction, you know, slight writing, slight, you know, some of that stuff where it's not really 100 percent in his control. Yeah, but what I don't like, which I'm not going to say it's not his right, but he needs to leave the old stuff alone. Yes, the I'm sorry, he. I don't think. I mean, at one point when it's out. I don't feel he has the right to take some things away from me. Hmm. I I overall agree with you 100%. Uh, I I think the scorched earth policy that he's taken with uh, the changes, it really bugs me uh, because, you know, the films are, or the films should have been a snapshot of uh, what the world was like. Because, I mean, movies are a reflection of the world around them. They sh- they should have been a snapshot of uh, of the world they came from. And I would really like to have access on Blu-ray of the movies that I watched as a kid. And not just because I'm old and long for a younger, simpler time when no one was on my lawn. But that is part of it. Uh, I... <sighs> I, I recognize his right to change things. I think most of the changes he's made suck. I'll just put it out there just right now. Um, I, I am apparently one of the few, but I am one of them, who misses that song that the Ewoks did at the end of Return of the Jedi back before it got screwed nub, with. Nub, nub. Yeah, I know most people don't like that song, but I loved it. I was kind of just the right age for that to appeal to me when, when it came out. And I want... What I want is I want the old, grainy, woman emperor back. Sure. Yeah. I, I want original Boba Fett's voice back. And uh, I I want, uh, for want of a better term, uh, old, fat, ghost Anakin. Yes. No, Hayden Christensen belongs nowhere near anything that I would consider good. Yeah. Just give it... Look, Disney, I, I, I have a job, and I'm willing to pay money for goods or services... And if you could just take the original films, it's going to be hard to try and find them because George just burnt them all. But if you can find them, just put them onto a Blu-ray and I will pay you money for them. I, I will pre-order them. That's right. That's how strongly I feel. Uh, I know, and I, I, I hear you furiously typing away on your touchscreen keyboards so you can tweet at me. I get it. Uh, there is a fan edit out there. There are people who have gone back and found original prints and have uh, cleaned them up and spliced them in. Technically, nope. that thing is a little bit illegal, and so I'm not going to go downloading it off the internet because I like not going to jail. So uh, I, I know it's there. I would like Disney to contact those people and say, hey, um, here is a small truck full of money. We're going to give that to you, and you're just going to give us that, and we're going to stick it on a, on a Blu-ray. The thing is, though, I feel like when they're purchased of whatever they bought, you know, the billions they spent with um, George Lucas, mm-hmm. they probably got the access to that. They could print the originals if they want. George wanted. claims that it doesn't exist, that he he destroyed the old one. Well, he, well let's first off, he definitely destroyed them. But, Which um, I believe makes him a monster, now that I think of it. Yeah, why would he destroy? Why, why destroy gold? I don't understand. Cause he wanted to make silver, or I guess maybe carbon. I I don't know. It's it's nothing good. Mercury. He wanted to create mercury. It looks shiny, but it's toxic. I mean, and I don't I don't want to emphasize that we shouldn't be able to tell the people that make the things we play, read, watch, do, feel, sleep. All that stuff. We should, we have every right to voice our opinions, and they have the right, you know, to choose a listener, not to listen. But they shouldn't change just to pander. Yeah, they shouldn't feel pressured that they have to. 
I, I guess is what we want to stress. Uh, there are a couple of other examples that, uh, I'd, I'd like to mention. Um, another one from video games before we, uh, well, well, you want to go video games or movies right now? Uh, I don't really care. You make the call. Okay. Then let's, then let's go movies for a minute since we're on movies with star Wars. So, Hey, uh, there's this movie that came out just recently. It's uh Batman V Superman colon Dawn of justice. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, I I refuse. I I also refuse. I have no desire to give them money to watch that because I hear it's terrible. Uh, and I hear that from lots of people that I trust. And, uh, you know, it's not just Marvel fanboys. It's people who actually wanted it to be good who are going, oh, man, not like this. This is not this is not what I wanted. When that film was announced, they told us all, uh, hey, uh, Ben, ben Affleck is going to be Batman. And everyone lost their freaking minds. I did. I, I did. Yeah, I'll, I'll admit, I did not react very well to that either. I, I didn't have strong feelings about it. I actually missed the Michael Keaton Batman and I know that sounds a little weird. He was the best. But Michael Keaton had that rare quality that he seemed just crazy enough that you could believe that that person thought dressing up like a bat and fighting crime was a good idea. Because no matter what you think of Batman, and that's fine, I know lots of folks are very, very big Batman fans. I've got a soft spot in my heart for Batman, too. Uh, but that's crazy, right? To go, oh, I'm a rich millionaire and what I've, well, billionaire now. I think we had to up that, what, trillionaire? Let's just future proof this show. Um, I think that the best thing I can do for my city is not to, uh, invest in its infrastructure or build factories so that people have jobs or support the police force or any of that stuff. I think what I should do is spend hundreds of millions of dollars creating technological gadgets that are bat-themed so that I can prowl around the city at night and take out petty crime. I think that would be the best way to do things. Sounds pretty solid. you got to be crazy to think that that's a good idea. And Michael Keaton really portrayed that. You really believed that this man dressed up and went out fighting crime dressed like that. Michael Keaton is the best because he was Bruce Wayne and Batman? Yes, um, we're not going to look at Val Kilmer or George Clooney because, yeah, those are just bad. Who? They they made movies with them in it? That No, they didn't. That doesn't sound right. They made com- comedic sketches. There were some parodies that came yeah, out around we'll, that time. Yeah, that's what will call them. Yeah. Christian Bale was extremely good Batman. He yes. was a terrible Bruce Wayne. I'm inclined to agree with that as- that assessment, yeah. And which I will give Nolan credit, he never gave him a lot of opportunity be, to be Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Because he, I think he saw the strengths of Christian Bale as Batman. I'm Batman. But not him as the suave Bruce Wayne. And Michael Keaton played the both both the best. And you can call him outdated, because, but you know what? At the time that those movies were made, he was the suave and the sleek and the cool. That's what that was at the time. And yeah. you, you mean, you have to hold the time it was made in. Um, but, I mean, people had petitions to get rid of Ben Affleck. Yeah, and yet, and yet, from what I hear, he actually he does a part. really good job of being Batman in the new movie. I've heard he was the best part of the movie. Yeah, which, that's not... No, actually, I've heard that Wonder Woman was the best part of the movie, but if you've watched the trailer, you've seen all of the Wonder Woman parts, so you can just yeah. stop now. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I will say this, though, on the Batman subject. Uh, best Batman? Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman from Batman the Animated Series. That's like saying uh, Mark Hamill's the best Joker. Yeah, which is true. Because technically he's been playing Joker for the past 20 years. Yes, he has. And my God, that man's got the voice for a joke. I mean, he is the voice of Joker. There's he no... really is. Oh, my God. 
once again, you believe he's crazy enough to decide that, you know, killing everyone with like, terrible. I'm kind of like, I just like slightly hope in like episode eight or nine, Luke goes crazy and we hear the Joker laugh just once, just for like a, a split second. Like it would just warm my heart. You know, I, uh, I had been watching, uh, the flash, the, the TV series. Right. Uh, and in it, Mark Hamill plays the trickster who is like, you know, uh, for, for want of a better term, uh, a budget version of the Joker. And, uh, he, he comes so close to doing the Joker voice when he's doing, uh, the trickster. And it is super entertaining. Uh, it's Mark Hamill, man. He's the band. Yeah. He's pretty good. He is. But I mean, I, I, no, I want to specify this was possible rumors. I don't know if this is a hundred percent accurate. Um, 50 Shades of Grey, when they released their starring cast, I heard there was tons of outpour of the, I think it was the male cast. It might have been the female cast. I of, think it was both, of, actually. Of online forums, it's like people just, it's petitions signed that people were get to get, change the cast. They thought it was terrible. And I can't, I can't remember if they did it or not. I don't know for sure. So I'm not going to say they did, but I thought the rumor was they did change. Yeah. Let me say two things. The first one is, yes, I think they changed at least one of the actors. And the second one is, please don't write in and tell us because we actually don't care about 50 shades of gray. That is a hundred percent true. So um, if, if actually. I can't remember if they changed it or I can't remember if an act, one of the act, now I think one of the actors dropped out, I think, because of a petition. Oh, that could be. That could be. But again, so, if you're going to write in and talk to us about anything we discussed tonight, Fifty Shades of Grey is not the thing to talk about because we no. honestly don't care. Uh, but. Just, just so you know, from, if you send us anything that's Fifty Shades of Grey, you go in our spam folder so you will be spam for the rest of our lives. Yeah, that's actually not a bad idea. I think that is a reasonable thing to do. And I'm not doing that to be mean. I'm doing that because we really don't care. And I don't know how to overemphasize the amount we don't care or want to see anything about it. I'm going to say, without any proof whatsoever, we have standards and that one's below us. So Thank you. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, the reason I bring up the whole Batfleck thing is, you know, this is yet another case where uh, fan outcry was huge if they had listened and said, oh, no, 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 Ben Affleck, totally not involved in this project. That's a lie. We don't know who said that. Um, we totally have another guy. We swear. Uh, that might have been bad. It, it would have taken away, supposedly, from what I've been told, one of the better things about Batman v Superman colon Dawn of Justice. However, on the subject of Batman v Superman colon Dawn of Justice, and that's right, I'm going to say the whole title every time. Because it's terrible and it deserves it's, that. It's a stupid title, it is. They could have just called it Dawn of Justice. That's it. That's all they had to call no, it. No, they can't. They couldn't just call it Dawn of Justice. Why not? You know, because it doesn't tell you what it is. Uh, but look, all of look, the people who were going to go see it were going to watch the, the trailers and watch the extended trailers and but watch the second trailers. We were some, all going to know. You could have just had. You have to placate to everyone. But what they should have just called it yeah. is just Batman versus Superman. And be done. We don't need Donna Justice. We don't need, oh, here's our fancy lead into the Justice League, which might not get me down. Yeah, there's a chance that everything we had planned for the next I, I, I heard, seven I heard, years. I heard rumors that a lot of um, their plans hinged on this movie being a box office success, and yeah. it's definitely made a lot less money than they planned. It has. It, it's made money. Let's be clear about that. It's just, I, I it hope, is not the smash weekend hit. great, but I heard yeah. it's one of the, in the top three movies, the biggest drop-offs ever. Yes. Yes, from it weekends, is. From weekends to weekend. And I'm telling you, they released two weeks in a row with nothing. Yeah. That's how bad it was. Yeah, pretty much any movie. Any movie could have opened up the week immediately after and would have been fun. 
Can you imagine if they opened up this weekend like they're supposed to? Oh God! The that, decimation they would have felt. They would have been crushed because this. They this, would, They might have had to cancel a few movies. Yeah, this weekend is uh, Civil War, right? Oh my God, yes. Yeah. So, which, by the way, from what I hear from the critics, uh, yeah, that one, that one's good. You should go see that. I. Took I know. Off, I intend to. I took off work to go see it with my wife when kids and everyone else are still in school and work. That is a beautiful idea, sir. You are brilliant. It's the, it's the next best thing I could do besides renting out an entire theater. Yeah. You know, I've actually find that I've I've come to enjoy watching films at home just because it's so much easier. Because... It's easier, but the that the theater experience is something that I love. Yeah, oh that's but... that's fair. I love going to the... Uh but the reason I bring up Batman v Superman colon Dawn of Justice um immediately after the tanking of <laughs> of that film uh, supposedly, they reshot a bunch of scenes for Suicide Squad, which is also coming out. What Suicide Squad is next year? No, this year. This is we're talking August. August. Good God! Yeah, wow, that is gonna... that is late in the if, process to be reshooting if that's true, anything. That, if that's true, that's cutting it real close. Yeah. Now the rumor is, and I can't can't prove it, but the rumor is they reshot things to try and lighten the tone a little bit. Well, Which, people aren't responding to Zack Snyder version of these are adult characters, they do adult things, this isn't for children. Um, you're Batman, you're appealing to children. Yeah, and you're Superman, you're, you're supposed a, to be appealing to children. What, if Batman's a little darker, that's fine. Batman killing people, that's not fine, that's his one rule. Yeah. Superman being dark, mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah, he's... If you want to see a better version of that movie... I'm not sure if you've ever heard of this online, but it's how it should have ended. Oh, I love how it should have ended. Izzy, they did one for this, and it's amazing. Yeah, I just watched it, uh, I think, this morning. I watched it like an hour ago. My boss sent it to me. Yeah, yeah, it was was really good. They said it great. Batman, you 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 kill people. Superman, you forgot to smile. I'm like, that is exactly what's wrong with that movie. Ta-da! But we're not here to judge that. Well, we can be here to judge that movie, because I got... I got time. Pretty sure we just did, actually, now that I think about it. I can go in more about it. For for hating a movie I've never even seen, yes, I, got, I got a lot of ammo. Even, But, you know, if they really did go reshoot scenes from Suicide Squad because of fan reaction, is is that a case where uh, a company has caved? I think I don't think they did, because the reaction was at one thing. They changed something else to set, set themselves up in the future. That's like... um. That's like a video game making their sequel get rid of a mechanic that players didn't like. Uh, you know, I, I agree with you there. That it is, uh, what they've done is they've changed a future thing based on feedback from the previous thing. And that's what they're supposed to do. And that is perfectly fine. So I don't think that's pandering. I think that's trying to set themselves up for success. Because even though Batman vs. Superman was such a turd, I still want to see Suicide Squad. Yeah, strangely, I do too. But I, that movie hinges on one thing and one thing only. And that is? How well can that girl play Harley Quinn? Uh, that is definitely going to be a big part of it. If she nails the role, the movie will be good. If she bombs, that movie will bomb. I, I kind of feel like uh, all of the other characters are somewhat secondary, but that's because, again, Batman the Animated Series was such a high point for me. I mean, Harley oh, Quinn was not gonna, really I'm, a yeah, character I was, let, until let, then. Let's, let's touch on that. Harley Quinn was created 
for the animated series. Yes. That's what she was created for. She'd never exist in the comic book till the 1990s when that animated series was on TV. And she was created because of the fan outpour and the love for that character, the merchandise she sold. A character from a TV show that was created for the TV show of being an obnoxious girl who said, ah, put in way too much. Indeed. She is one of the biggest pop culture characters today. Everyone knows who Harley Quinn is. And she was kind of like uh, backfed into the comics. So she was created for the animated series, but then then started appearing in the comics because of it. Yes. Um, The only other similar case I can think of is Jubilee. Ooh. But she she doesn't have the same pop culture icon because the, the the thing is though they've never put Harley Quinn in a movie never been live action yet yeah although I I would argue that the uh, Arkham Asylum games are practically movies they may even be better than movies and she has I'll a give very that, prominent role in that it's it's animated not live action it is this is the first time a human being is playing all of Harley Quinn it is but you know if they really wanted to make a Batman movie they they could do a lot worse than just taking the Arkham Asylum games, you know, the whole Arkham, Arkham Silly, uh, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, Arkham Knight. They could just take those. You have a trilogy right there. Just oh, go, go film I'd it. it. I'd watch it. I would pay good money. Um, but th- that's just what I'm saying. Like this movie hinges on her a lot. That's probably a lot of pressure for this actress. Cause you know what, you know, it doesn't hinge on, it doesn't hinge on Will Smith. It does not. Although I'm sure he'll it- do a fine job. I don't dislike Will Smith. I, he's made a lot of bad movies recently, but those aren't always his fault that he chose to star in those movies. Right. Um, this movie, I think he has potential because, one, he's playing not a huge character. Um, he's a character that we really shouldn't have sympathy for, and I really hope they don't try to make us because Deadshot is not a good person. Uh, no. So, I mean, there's there's that. I, want, I, want, I understand Suicide Squad are good guys in quotes, but they are bad people. Yeah, and if you wanted to make a dark movie, it should not have been the one that starred Batman and Superman. It should have been Suicide Squad. This, yes, like, I understand them making it lighter because, let's be honest, Joker and Harley Quinn are funny. Yes. But if they wanted to make one dark, this is the dark movie. Yeah. The one where a bunch of really morally ambiguous people kill lots of other people. Yeah, you could have totally done that. Under order by the government to be plausible deniability that the government had anything involved. That is one of the darkest plots out there. Yeah. I mean, just simple as that. What's hilarious, though, if Marvel decided to make a Thunderbolts movie, I guarantee it'd blow this movie out of the water. Yeah, Marvel could make a pick random character from anywhere in Marvel's history movie at this point, and it would blow this movie out of the water. Guardians of the Galaxy. Which was awesome. Oh, my God. A very, very close second to the best Marvel movie ever made. Yeah, although I've heard that uh, uh, Civil War, yeah, it's it's right up there. People have said it is the best. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to hype it too much because I, I always worry about hyping either. things. But but do you, to me, do you know what the, second, the, the best Marvel movie they've ever made? Uh, Ant-Man? Nope, that is phenomenal. Because that was really good. And I think that, that was a lot of people not expecting a really, really good movie and getting one. Yeah. No, I think um, Captain, uh, Captain America Winter Soldier is the best. Oh, Marvel that movie. was a great, great film. Hands down. Just phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. But uh, Ant-Man was so good. Yeah, I was so I was really very good. pleasantly surprised at, at Ant-Man. It's not that I didn't expect it to be good, because, you know, I'd, I'd read a lot of things uh, going into so, it. It's it's another one of them that I didn't get to see in the theaters, but I, I watched it at home on Blu-ray. Oh, and wow, so good. This, well, this is what I went to the theaters with Ant-Man. Um, Michael Douglas was Hank Pym, who I know is the first Ant-Man. Sure. Um, they wanted to do a heist slash kind of comedy, but action movie. Uh-huh. 
and Paul Rudd was um, Scott Lang, Ant-Man. Right. That's what I knew. Also, dubious physics, but, I mean, that's fine. It's Ant-Man. It's Ant-Man, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm starting on Marvel. I'm getting dubious. Yeah, well, that's... So that's what I went to the movie true. with. I went in expecting, okay, Hank Pym, we're going to see him as the original Ant-Man for, like, two minutes, and he's going to die, clearly, because it's Michael Douglas. There's no way he's going to be in the whole movie. And then, you know, they're going to try to force a heist movie. This could be really weird. It's ending up just going to be an action movie. I was wrong on every account. Michael Douglas was in the entire movie, and they nailed the heist movie. 100%. Oh, yeah. sure I mean, they set out to do what they wanted, and they did it. That, that's the power of Marvel Studios. They said they wanted to make one that's more comedy-based with a little bit of action. We got Guardians of the Galaxy. Amazing. Yep. They can make anything they want. They could be in, honestly, Daredevil. Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, people love those shows on Netflix. People heard of Daredevil. Who heard of Jessica Jones before? I have to admit, I I was a big comics fan, still am. I I don't read a lot of books these days just due to time constraints, but I was pretty hazy on who the heck Jessica Jones was. I knew she was a superhero, and I knew she was married to Luke Cage. Yeah, and that's... That's what I knew. That's it. And that show is phenomenal. Uh, It's not better than Daredevil. It's not. But it doesn't make it bad in any senses. So we've uh, we've wandered we've wandered away from our topic again. It's, so far, it's right over there. I swear. Let's let's walk back to it. Uh, I want to point out one other time because at least the 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 kinds of things we've been talking about are situations where backlash from the community has made mostly positive changes. And I want to talk about one that's not necessarily a positive change. And is related to magic. See, we're we're technically a magic podcast. Um, I want to talk about the reserved list for a minute. We've discussed the reserved list before on this show. I'm sure we'll discuss it again on this show because it continues to have a, a terribly long shadow that we live underneath. But the reserved list happened because of uh, essentially, I don't want to call it fan outcry, but because of outcry from the community. It, it really was. Magic reprinted a bunch of cards, and prices plummeted overnight. And it shook the foundations of uh, Magic as we know it. I mean, it was yeah. it was it was on the verge of yeah, this is not a thing that can actually continue anymore. There's no way this is going to be sustainable. And as a stopgap measure, they made the reserved list. Now, it has been argued, and I have come to believe, even though I did not want to at the time that the reserved list was the best answer they could come up with at the time. And it was a thing that had to happen for magic to survive. And without it, there would not be magic today. Because they needed to create something that would reassure uh, the retailers, that would reassure the collectors, that would reassure the entire secondary market, hey, we do care about your investment, please don't sell off your cards and run away. But... Sometimes that kind of reaction has terrible unforeseen consequences. Fast forward to today, when there are lots of things, there's lots of design space and area that we could go into. There are, there are entire formats that we could support, but we can't, because we can't print off the reserved list anymore. Yay. Wait, no. So, it's not always sunshine and roses. Um, actually, I have another example to bring up. Yeah. Um, it has one where they, I want to say they pandered, but it's different. Um, I want to talk about Riot Games, the, the company that makes League of Legends. Oh, sure. And this is a little, also a little bit different because of how their game functions. Uh-huh. Um, it's one game where they constantly release new patches. Gotcha. So it's not like, you know, they keep having new products, but they do release new products. 
Um, they release champion skins and whatnot. And um, every year they make a world championship skin line for teams that won worlds. They Each player on a five-man team gets to pick one champion to get their skin, and then Riot designs a skin based on that team, like their logo, their colors, their outfits, and things like that. Uh-huh. Um, this year, and what they do is they always, they get, normally get at least to right about now, and they they have a, um, a beta testing server, um, the public beta, where um, people can um, test um, like new stuff, like new updates, uh, new champions, new things to make sure that they function in the game and see what needs to be tweaked in a healthy playing environment with pe- real people, not just internal game testing. Sure. Well, they released this year's lineup of skins, and people didn't like them. I mean, even the players, like, oh, yeah, it's not my favorite, but it's fine. I'll still get it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And when Riot heard that, they're like, right, we're going to delay these. We are going to fix these. We are going to make them better. We're going to make them what the player, these players want to play their, it's their skin. I mean, it's not their name, but it is theirs. Sure. And they want, they want to fix that. And that, to me, that's not pandering. That's, okay, hers, our idea for the product. What should we change? You know, what could, you know, what do you guys think? And then we get the outcrop, you know, they get the feedback. They take it. Normally they just make, normally it's minor tweaks they make, but this one they're actually taking off the market, refurbing and putting it back out there. Mm Mm-hmm. So to me, that's not really pandering. That's doing what you're, you know, kind of the way they should do it. You know, you're, they're kind of asking, you know, what do you guys think? What do you like about this? And then changing, I mean, you know, but there's a lot of stuff they make and do that people don't like. And they, um, for one, they need, you know, they kind of want reasons. They, um, they're all about kind of an open discussion on this stuff. But just because people don't like something doesn't mean they change it. They might try like, what, what don't you like about it? Like, what can we do to make this better? But just because you don't like that we change something doesn't mean we're taking it away. We can try to fix it, but they'll never, they don't just take it away. Right. And I think that's the right attitude and way to handle it, which I understand this game is a little bit easy. It's a little bit easier to do that. Not every game can just do that or movie or things like that. They don't have that kind of playing environment. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I just think, I just feel like they kind of do it the right way. So, uh, for instance, had Watsi come up with some changes that they wanted to propose to the Platinum Players Club and said, hey, here, here are some ideas that we're thinking about, or here's something that's a long way off and we want some feedback on how to actually implement it, maybe that would have been better? Yes. Okay. Like saying, hey, we're thinking of adjusting you know, the Platinum Players. What do you guys think? Sure. And clearly no one's going to like it, but they're promoting, you know, what can we do to make it better? And don't just say, well, don't change anything. You know, give, you know, give, you know, this is like, I just think enough people don't give honest feedback. They're like, so why would you change anything? You know, don't leave it alone. That they're going to change it. So try, you know, try to do it healthily. Yeah. Change is coming. The economic reality is we have to change it. What, what do you think we should do? Maybe might be the yeah. way to go. I don't know. That's my thought process on that. And I think that's why I think Riot does a really good job on handling that. Like they've really, they've done a lot of stuff that people complained about. They've kept it for an entire season. Because that's what they wanted to do, and that's just what they're going to keep doing. Okay, well, hey, I, I think we're, uh, we're reaching a natural conclusion, and this segues nicely into, uh, hey, we're, uh, we're kind of making some changes, and uh, if you want to tell us what you think, if uh, you want us to pander to you, you can, you can do that. I don't Put know if you noticed. There, I, I don't do that. I don't know if you noticed today, folks, but uh, while we started with a topic that was magic involved, uh, we we moved a bit magic adjacent a few times today. 
we're going to do that from time to time. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're still magic players. We still have lots of stuff to talk about involving magic, but part of our rebranding, uh, was purposefully so that we could wander away from magic now and then and, uh, talk about other topics. And, you know, I, I think today's discussion was fruitful. I hope it got people thinking about, uh, their voice and, uh, how, how different places react to what the community asks for. Sometimes the community asks for dumb things, let's be honest. If you listened to uh, just who was shouting the loudest, you might decide, oh, I guess we should make our boosters cost 99 cents and contain 15 mythics. And uh, everyone would immediately go, you know, that's actually really stupid. Why would you do that? Uh, so uh, we will wander magic adjacent from time to time. We, we are going to expand into the broader geekosphere, I guess. Is, is that a word, geekosphere? Sure, it's our word. It is we now. It. it is Trademark. now. I, yeah, I, I think somebody else coined that before I did. Uh, yeah, so that's that's going to be a thing. Uh, you know, it, it opens up a broader space for us to play in and to discuss things in. Uh, like I said, don't worry, there's a lot more magic stuff that I want to talk about. There are a couple of important things that uh, we got coming up. But if you would like to give us some feedback, at least for now, we're still living at some of the old places. As soon as finals are over, I'm going to try and get us transitioned onto uh, our new site and our new names on everything. But you can still find us in the old places. We're still at Card Advantage uh, on the Twitters, uh, although we're also at Random Discard on the Twitters. Uh, I, I believe is is it all one word random discard? Yeah, I believe we're we're all one word at random discard. Now I have to go check curses. I haven't I haven't looked at it in days. Uh, random discard. Let's see. Uh, yes, yeah, we're totally at random discard on Twitter as well. Uh, but if you want something more long form, you still got to use the old email. Uh, we are mtgcardadvantage at gmail dot com. That will get to us, and uh, and and you can talk to us about stuff. Uh, if you want to hit up me directly, uh, that's great. I'd love to hear from you. I do check that email, so that's a place to go. I've got a couple of big emails that have come in recently that I need to respond to. But again, finals. I swear I'm getting to it. Uh, but if you need to hit me up with something shorter, you can totally do that. I am at Lockluze, spelled just like it is in ye oldie show notes. I'm still at Mind Mage. Um, I don't know when that's going to change, but it's going to change soon. Yeah, the, the A is a four. Uh, yeah. Because... I wanted random somewhere in there, but I can't get what I wanted. Yeah, well, you can't always get what you want. Can't always get what you want. So sometimes you just get random discard. Yep. I guess that's maybe our tagline for, for let's say, this episode. Probably not for, but there it is. Oh, they got random. Uh, the they... one thing that's not changing anytime soon is that intro and outro music, because it's freaking awesome. Um, so, with that being said, thank you all very much for listening, and we will see you next time. I don't have a stinger. Yeah, I don't either, but I think that's going to segue really nicely for the, the outro uh, with the music. I think it'll be coming up underneath me just as I lead into that. Man, I'm feeling good about that one. All right. Well, hey, there we go. Uh, pandering. But not... Pon we're pondering about pandering, huh? 
No? That was nice. I like that. And that's the stinger. <laughs>